welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Olison, also known as T-Roll, and I am joined again this week by my good friend, Olin Stubbs. Olin, you, you joined us last week on the pod. You're back again, so... I guess you're you're enjoying it enough to stay with us. Yep, at least one more time. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, I think uh, we, you know we got some positive uh, feedback. I think we'll probably ask you to come back even for a third time if you're okay with it. Sounds good. So last week we talked about just you know being a Christian and thinking about politics. Okay, it's really a complicated um, mess of things to think about at times and how involved a, a Christian should be and stuff like that. Well, in light of be, it being an election year. 2020, uh, November is right around the corner. Um, we want to have a more of a practical discussion on how Christians should think about voting, like how to determine who to vote for, and not only at the presidential level, right, but also even in maybe local um, ballots as well for uh, local Senate seats and things like that. So um, if it's okay with you, we'll kind of dive into the questions and we'll Sounds just get great. rolling. Okay. So, again, we, we mentioned this last time, but politics can definitely be divisive. It can, it can be hard for some Christians to determine who to vote for. So what should Christians consider when they are trying to choose which candidate to vote for in a political race? Great question. Um, I, there was a guest preacher at the church that I go to here in Birmingham, Briarwood, and he preached a sermon that touched on this topic, and one of the things that he said was very interesting. He said, don't vote for the Republicans. Don't vote for the Democrats. He said, don't vote for Trump. Don't vote for Biden. Uh, don't vote for you know Pence or Kamala Harris. Vote for the Ten Commandments. And then he paused for a second. You thought, well, that's weird. How do you do that? But then he said, find the candidate or find the party that best represents the impl- implementation of the Ten Commandments in society. And he primarily focused on the, what we would call the second table, the second half, that are all about our loving one another. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not lie. And so I think that's a great perspective, too. There are some things that are uh, lightning rod issues in politics today that the Bible doesn't really clearly speak to. Or if it does, it's in a very indirect way. And that's harder to kind of work through those gray subjective issues. But there are some issues that the Bible speaks very clearly to. Do not murder uh, would directly apply to abortion. And so I think that ought to be something that it can't be the only, it doesn't have to be the only thing that you think about, but it ought to be high on the list. And so I do think the Bible should be informing the way that you make your decisions about who you vote for, what party, what platform, what man or woman. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, should a Christian feel the freedom to not vote? You know, like you have the opportunity to vote, but obviously there's a ton of people even in America who don't vote. Right. So should a Christian feel the freedom to not vote or should they maybe feel the conviction in light of the reality that they live, at least here in America, in a place where you can vote, that they they should vote? Does that make sense? Yes. Great question. And I think, yes, I think a Christian can feel uh, the freedom not to vote. I don't think there's a verse in the Bible that you could say you have to vote every time. But as I said in the podcast from last week, I do think it's a stewardship, and I don't think it should be a haphazard, lazy decision. Ah, who cares? Whatever's going to be is going to be. I can't Im- I'm not going to vote. Uh, could there be a strategic way or reason sometime to not vote? Yes. But I would say that I would want that to be more the rare exception uh, b- because you think about people that live in oppressive uh, places like North Korea. If they knew that people like you and I, 
have the freedom to vote and choose our leaders, and we chose not to exercise that right. I think they would almost be baffled. Yeah. Uh, how dare you? Um, hmm. So I, I think that it is a stewardship, and again, there could be exceptions, but in general, I would encourage Christians to be active and to vote. Gotcha. Okay. So this next question kind of goes along with uh, what you said to the first question earlier, but is it wise, um, or how? Maybe maybe the better way to say it is, is it? Yeah, let's say it like this. Is it wise for a Christian to vote along a party line, or is determining who to vote for just way more nuanced than that? Yeah, I think determining who to vote for is nuanced. Uh, I don't think a Christian should uh, get in bed, so to speak, with one political party okay. and fully align themselves with that political party. Like, I'm going to be a Republican till death do I die, and I don't care what they do. I'm a Republican. Right. Uh, almost claim that like I'm an American and, and be that loyal or a Democrat either way. Um, now, in a, in a certain election, is it always wrong to just vote the party line? Not necessarily because there, there are so many different candidates. Uh, so when you're voting maybe in a state election, a lot of times there's even bills on the um, – you know, the ballot that you may yeah. not even fully understand. That's that happens true. to me in Alabama. Yeah. So I have to read them multiple times to understand what, what it's saying. Yeah. And so sometimes I think if you say, well, in general, there are some candidates on here I don't know in some of these lower-level local races. I, I've never heard them speak. I don't know all the details. In general, I trust this party more than I trust the other party. I don't trust them implicitly, but I do gen- tend to, in general, trust them more than I trust the other one. I think in those cases it could be okay to just vote the straight party vote. Uh, but, again, I think the more informed you can be into because the devil's in the details. And so the more mm. you can know about the details and, and own your vote, the better. Gotcha. Wow. Good word, good word. Okay, so are there certain issues that a Christian should prioritize when considering who to vote for? You see this all the time sure. on social media, yes. right? People really elevating maybe it's – uh, abortion, you mentioned that. Maybe sure. it's economic issues. Maybe it's uh, social issues and justice issues. Sure. So how, does, how should a young Christian um, kind of think about individual issues when you're also having to vote for, typically, let's just say it, one party or another? Right, no doubt. I, I think the more clearly and uh, passionately and dogmatically the Bible speaks to an issue, the more I ought to value that issue. So okay. take the issue of, again, abortion, because it's, it's simple and it's clear. And I do think it's one of the clearest issues. The Bible speaks pretty passionately about do not murder and, and love your neighbor and do good unto others and do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So it's like it's pretty clear. Right. Uh, I think you can make a pretty compelling case that the Bible's against abortion. Now, there's a lot of other things, like you mentioned economics. The Bible has a lot to say about money, has a lot to say about economics. But I don't think that you can say the Bible is for capitalism. Or that the Bible is for socialism. Uh, the the Bible is not that clear. The Bible certainly speaks about private property, but the Bible also has a lot to say about charity and giving to the poor. And yeah. sometimes it was individuals doing that. Uh, but sometimes in ancient Israel, there there were laws about how you had to help the poor. Hmm. You couldn't glean your field all the way to the edges. You had to leave some of the extra for the poor. It was commanded. It wasn't optional. Uh, so the the Bible doesn't fit perfectly into either of our political parties. Republicans or Democrats. Um, doesn't fit perfectly with any of the other smaller random parties, the Libertarians, the Green Party, or anything like that. So um, 
I have to wrestle with those issues. Let me just say a word more, say on the economic issue. I think most Republicans and most Democrats would say it's good to help the poor. But then the issue is, but how do you go about doing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, most liberals would want to say, well, it's, it's more big government. It's more government handouts, more welfare, more things where the government's doing it. Uh, more conservatives would say, no, we ought to uh, promote more business so that everybody can have jobs and lower taxes so that businesses can hire people. The Bible doesn't directly speak to that. And at that level, you, you've got to use the a brain that God's given you, sanctified wisdom, to wrestle with which one seems more clear and more obvious that it actually is going to help people. So the principle the Bible says help the poor, every Christian should agree on. But then sometimes, well, how do you want to help the poor? It's not as clear. Sure. And there you have to wrestle more uh, with evidence that you might find outside of the Bible from history and things like that. Gotcha. So the principle is clear, but sometimes the application Great, great way to summarize it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the application is not clear, and two Christians who passionately agree with the principle because the Bible teaches it might disagree vastly on the application, and they might end up voting for opposite parties Very because different. of that. Yeah, okay, that's a good word. Okay, well, let's finish up here. Not, not really a question, but just if you have any sort of parting wisdom, anything you'd like to say, I just want you to kind of keep this in mind. You know, some of the people that are going to listen to this podcast are young college students who are trying to walk with God and recently in the last few years turned 18. This could very well be the first essentially, especially presidential election that a lot of our listeners will actually participate in voting for. So any sort of parting wisdom you might have on just, um, you know, kind of understanding your uh, the, the opportunity you have or any, anything you got to kind of close out would be great. Yeah, I'll say two things. Uh, first, Martin Luther said, um, I'd rather be ruled by a wise Turk than a stupid Christian. Now, by Turk, hmm. he was talking about somebody of the Muslim religion. Okay, yeah. So what he was saying is when you go to vote, um, you're not necessarily voting. The, the application for us is I don't have to vote for who I think is the strongest Christian. Uh, There have been Christians probably from the Republican Party um, and Christians from the Democratic Party over the years who have probably made it into the presidential office and then have probably done some really stupid things while they were in office. And I could think I could give an example off the top of my head right now from my lifetime, but I'll choose not to do that (laughs) just to not anger some people. Uh, So just because somebody's a Christian doesn't mean they'll be a great um, leader. Maybe one of the greatest political leaders of all time, Winston Churchill in England uh, in the last century, almost certainly was not a Christian. I've heard people try to make an argument he's a Christian, but he almost certainly was not a Christian. But he was a great leader. Hmm. Um, and so I'm not necessarily voting for a Christian, although if there's a Christian, that, that might be the best person to vote for. And I'm not saying that shouldn't factor in, but it's not the only factor. I want to look at what type of leader, what type of uh, – things are they going to do, their policies, and how is it going to benefit society? How is it going to honor God? How is it going to help the country thrive for the most people, uh, bring the most flourishing for the most people? The second thing I would say is this, and some people hate this phrase, but it's really true. It's always, it's always a choice between the lesser of two evils. Um, It's been that way since John Adams ran against uh, Thomas Jefferson because Mm. unless Jesus Christ is on the ballot— Every person on the ballot, even if they're the strongest Christian in the universe, is still evil. I mean, there's a place in the Gospels where Jesus was talking to the disciples, so his, his main men, about prayer. And he said, 
Well, if you're evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, and then he went on to make an illustration about prayer, but the point was even Christians still have indwelling sin. So even the best Christian still has some sin. So I'm always making a choice between the lesser of two evils. And so there's some people that just don't like that. They want to be able to vote for this righteous crusader. And listen, that's not a bad desire. And ideally, the person is pretty righteous or growing in righteousness. But sometimes, and I think in this current election that we're about to face, it's the lesser of two evils and everybody knows it. I think this is what happened in the last election is most people weren't necessarily voting for a candidate. They were voting against the other candidate. And that's not always bad. No, that is a sorry state of affairs. Yeah. I wish that we weren't in that state of affairs in America. I wish we had better candidates. But at the end of the day, this is the hand uh, that we have sovereignly been dealt. And I don't think it's best for Christians to sit on the sidelines. I think it's better to say, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to make the best choice I can. And let me say one last thing. Please. And, and this goes off of something I said on the last podcast. If I'm trying to boast in my vote, if at some level my sense of self-worth, righteousness, and identity has gotten tied up in my politics, it's really hard to vote for the lesser of two evils because I feel like it's going to tar me and shame me that I voted for such a bad person. But if my identity and my righteousness is all wrapped up in Christ and what he thinks about me, and my politics is just one small very small in the grand scheme of things, activity that I do as a stewardship to Christ, I won't get so upset that I'm having to vote for the lesser of two evils because that's just part of what it means to live in a fallen, broken, sinful world. Hmm. Man, Owen, that's such a that's such a good word, man. Really appreciate you joining us today and uh, spending some time with us, man. So thank you so much for uh, for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Again, it's fun for me. Absolutely. We'll uh next time we'll give you something that's not politics. How's that? Sounds good. Uh, Sounds a different great, topic. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you drew the short stick there, yeah, man. Yeah, I did. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Want to thank you again for listening to the Campus Outreach podcast. Again, please subscribe, leave us a review. If you have any questions, contact us. Um we were very thankful Uh, that you guys are taking advantage of listening to this material and be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. We will return and uh, we'll look forward to that. So thank you so much again, Olin, and thank you to our listeners. We will see you next time.